0: hello welcome to a reason for hope once again We're glad you're joining us today a reason for hope in case it's your first time is an hour-long live broadcast which is uh we're here for your bible questions we make ourselves available that's what we do that's what we do that's who we be Uh, we're here to receive your bible questions and uh, you can send them in through multiple online platforms so any honest sincere question you have about the bible or christian living or maybe even other Religions and worldviews views, uh, how they relate to Christianity, how they relate to what the Bible says. Maybe something you're going through in your life, you'd like a biblical perspective on it. The world is such a crazy place, things are changing. What does the Bible say about those things? Are these things predicted in the Bible? Uh, maybe just a verse that you've read and you've no idea what it means. You'd like to dig into the original language in it, or just how can we apply it? Anything along those lines, as long as it's an honest, sincere question. And as long as you know we're going to get the answers from the bible we don't want to share our opinions as much as what the bible says as accurately as we can so help us god on this show that's what we're here to do so we welcome your question <laughs> that's right <laughs> hand, hand on the heart right hand and all that stuff um so yes yeah, send your questions in there's multiple platforms i'll go over those in just a minute my name dave robson i'll be your host as i mentioned i'll be with you on all those platforms, just looking around, waiting for your questions to come on in and throw them out to our guests here today, which are Pastor Scott Richards. He's a senior pastor here at Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. That's me. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to see you. By the way,
1: big news. Uh, thought I'd share it with our audience yeah, here. Yeah, please, what's going uh, on? You know, as many of you know, uh, I am. Uh, I have a, a presence on the X platform, as you are going to explain to people as, uh, as the uh, broadcast uh, goes on. Uh, earlier today, uh, I, w- I received personally uh, an invitation to join the Illuminati. Wow. Uh, this, was the, uh, this was the post that was uh, direct messaged to me mm. on Twitter. Uh, Hello, you've been given an offer to join the Illuminati elite organization. All we need is your consent and your time to listen to what we have for you. Best regards, the Illuminati. We offer power, fame, and wealth to our members once uh, the initiation process is completed. <laughs> then once your initiation is completed, you will receive your membership benefit of a car, house, and a cash of $1 million. <laughs> Interested? Reply by saying yes.
0: Oh, Well, that's a no-brainer.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it's only maybe, the grammar was n- cleaned up. <laughs> maybe I'll finally get some respect around here now that I'm uh, being... Recruited by the Illuminati. Oh, my goodness. This is a crazy Isn't that we exciting? Yeah. So you asked how I was doing. Things are looking out. Things are all looking up. I, I did share. I need to share with you in the audience that just for accountability's sake, that once I join the Illuminati and clear $10 million, I'm going to throw Dave a, a, a boner yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you, you, maybe you heard some, it. You heard maybe it first. 25 bucks in or something like that. Yeah, 25 <laughs> <bucks>. <laughs> <laughs> They won't
2: tell you when that is, but there will be signs. <laughs> there will be, yes, that's right. Yeah. There'll be gold dripping
0: off. So when place. I
1: drive home and Hillary Clinton is waiting in my driveway, well, never mind. Yeah. I'll, I'll know what happens. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. I'll know what
0: happens. Yeah. Goodness. The internet's a wonderful thing, isn't it?
1: George W. Bush will be waiting yeah. with my membership card, I think. Yeah, they will.
0: Yeah, Man, I'm excited for you. But what's the Bradley. initiation?
1: Is it like joining a fraternity? I don't know. Do you have to like eat goldfish or things yeah. like that? I don't know.
0: The word initiation always makes me shudder. Yeah. <laughs> <It's never laughs> but a anyway, yes.
1: we're big time here now. <laughs> Illuminati approved. Yes, we are.
0: <laughs> so. all, all more reason to tune in. Yes. Yeah. Also with us, Pastor Sean Richards. How are That's you doing today? Invited. Any, any
1: invitations?
2: To? Well, speaking of Hillary Clinton, I got one of my tires slashed.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You must be doing something right. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: more of a more of a, a,
2: a screw in it than a slash. Yeah, but the people who did the repairs said this wasn't something you ran into on the road. There were shavings; it was deliberately yeah. put in. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I'm making friends <laughs> when,
1: when you're a media personality of the stature you have achieved. You have to expect <laughs> these <Yeah>. things. It <laughs> might might
2: be my comments on this. Yes, it, so it might be. be. Could be. I'm holding <laughs> up my Quran for those of you who don't know. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Well,
1: well, we're here. <laughs> That's the that's good the most news important for thing. Me, yep. Not so good news for him. I'm kind
0: of neutral. Yeah, I'm just
1: any uh, just any interesting offers to join multinational. Well, no. Have you been invited to the World Economic Federation? Not yet. Not but yet. I
0: did get a text the other day, and it was a it was a picture of a card that was filled out with my name and my number, and then I they contacted me because apparently I put this in at the mall, and I won a trip for two to the Bahamas. But it wasn't my handwriting but it was my number and my name. I was like, oh, it's just a scam. Turns out my daughter filled it out, my 13-year-old, she was at the mall, and she decided to fill out my...
1: So you're going to the Bahamas? Oh,
0: I think it's also a scam. It was like, this has nothing to do with timeshare, da-da-da, I'm like, oh, I don't think this is too good to be true, but, but ah. I did have a conversation with my daughter about giving out my personal information at the mall to random booths. But, booths, um, booths yeah. who goes yeah. to mall booth did
1: you get a uh, did you get a VIP suite for the fire festival there in the Bahamas? Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> look that up. That is a story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was really something. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, yeah. yes, yeah. I've been Eddie.
0: to one of those timeshare things, and I yeah. promise I'd never do it again. It was awful I'm no. glad I escaped with my life yeah. anyway moving <laughs> swiftly on. <laughs> once again as I mentioned I'll go over the platforms here just so you know I'll make it swift Reason for Hope we're with you Monday through Friday 5 to 6 p.m. it's Friday here um, so last day of the week for us here on a Reason for Hope it's a ministry now which is Calvary Christian Fellowship here in Tucson, Arizona uh, you can check out our website calvarychristianfellowship.com if you follow that that live watch live tab We'll take you out to our live page, Uh, but check out our website. We have services on a Sunday and Wednesday evening. We have uh, Bible studies and uh, men's groups, women's groups, all kinds of things going on. So certainly if you're in the Tucson area, you're looking for somewhere to worship, somewhere to get in the word, you're welcome to come along and fellowship with us, of course, uh, calvarychristianfellowship.com. Get more information there or reach out to us. But as I said, follow that watch live tab. I'll take you to our live page uh ccftucson.online.church you can type that right in your browser as well we're live there you can sign in and uh, send us a question through the chat function there when we're offline you'll see a countdown to our next event you'll see a schedule of upcoming events as well so you can see what we've got coming up we're on facebook as well facebook.com Tucson or just look for Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. You'll see the handsome Scott Richards right there on our homepage with our service times. For Calvary Christian Fellowship uh, and Illuminati approved, <laughs> yeah, we'll not, not approved, but pursued, pursued, but they want approved. Me. pre-approved. Yeah, yeah you'll, we'll have to change that picture out yeah. for yeah. some of your new attire. Yeah, it's a triangle in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yes, my goodness. Uh, but you can watch us live there on Facebook, and uh, we don't, have fun don't here. forget to like and share. We'd appreciate that. Share us around, and send your question in through the comments. Like I said, I'll be right there, watching and waiting with bated breath, whatever that means. Uh, We have an app for your mobile device as well, Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson. Look for us in your app store. You can watch us on your mobile device. Take us with you wherever you go. And we have a channel on Roku and Apple TV as well. So you can watch us on your big screen. What better to do with your time than sit around as a family and the pets and watch us on your big screen, all the uh, wrinkles and all. So that's available to you should you want to. We're on YouTube as well. Reason for Hope is the name of the channel on YouTube, A Reason for Hope. Uh, don't forget again to like and subscribe we'd appreciate that and uh, ring the bell if you'd like to get a notification when we're live uh, that live tab is great because anytime we've been live it automatically archives so if you missed a show or you want to recap uh, on something you want to go back and see how Scott promised me a little handout when he becomes a millionaire you know we want to keep track of that so you can keep track of that on YouTube on the uh, archives there and we upload other content as well on YouTube as pastor scott mentioned he's on x formerly known as twitter you can follow along with him on there all kinds of funnies and shenanigans but also you know serious stuff with what's going on in the world uh, commentary on um the news as it unfolds things like that scott r4h on x formerly known as twitter we're on rumble as well if you use the rumble platform a reason for hope bible q a Look for us on Rumble, we're not live there, but we post video content. And then questionsforhope at gmail.com is our email address, questionsforhope at gmail.com. You can shoot us an email right there with your question. We've got one from Bob today that we have lined up, probably first, I imagine, today. Um, But uh, keep in mind, if you listen to us- your uncle. Bob's your uncle, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Fanny's your aunt. I have no idea what that means, but we say it. um, it's hard to describe someone's me, what does that mean Bob's your uncle and it's like it's hard to translate but it's just kind of like there it is you know it's done kind of thing but some things like that are the hard to translate probably into just art, a statement of, of this, fact into no. American <laughs> what's that
2: that's a statement of fact
0: Yeah. right yeah Bob's your uncle well you do this do that and then Bob's your uncle it's complete it's, I know it means a lot of things but Anyway, what was I saying? If you listen to us on the radio, uh, keep in (laughs) mind that you are listening to, these guys are, I think it's because it's Friday night. Mm. These guys are a little bit wild. You're going to have to do extra, you know, reining them in. I've had uh, a day. Welcome. Yes, you have. Yeah. I'm glad you're here and you had your car with you. But um, on the radio, you're listening to the last show that we did pre-recorded. Keep that in mind. So questionsforhope.gmail.com. Use that email address when it's safe to do so, to send us your question. But all those other platforms, we are live. Please do send your question in. Once again, any Bible question, we are more than welcome to receive that. We have questions from very deep, nuanced questions to great question yesterday. How do we be a better Christian? What is it to be a Christian? Questions like that. So anything in between, uh, whatever is on your heart, we'd love to help you out with that. So why don't we pray today? as we always do pastor scott would you like to pray i would please. Please. I'd love that please play for us yeah, yeah.
1: lord thank you so much that uh, we can have uh, fun uh, on this program and uh, enjoy your word and enjoy the fact that uh, lord hebrews chapter one tells us you were anointed with the oil of joy more than your companions thank you lord uh, for being able to start uh, on a on a happy and lighthearted note and we, uh, among all people, have something to be happy about. We're going to heaven someday because of what you've done for us. And uh, Lord, we do pray that the questions that are posed here would be treated with the uh, sobriety and seriousness that they deserve. Uh, but Lord, we pray that the whole uh, panorama, the fruit of your spirit, love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control would be manifest here on this program and the people would come away refreshed because they've been in your presence heard your word, and been ministered to uh, at, a, at heart-to-heart level as you alone speak to them. Thank you for this privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Was there anything to declare as we Well, a um, number forward? of things going on here. As uh, many of you know, uh, the United States uh, has now officially uh, militarily responded uh, to the deaths of three people uh, killed by a uh, suicide drone, as they call it in a base in Jordan earlier this week. Uh, President Biden uh, said on Friday, directed military strikes on facilities in Iraq and Syria, affiliated with the groups that attacked the U.S. forces, and said that the response would continue. Uh, This is his quote. Our response uh, began today. It will continue at times and places of our choosing. The United States does not seek conflict in the Middle East or anywhere else in the world. Let all those who seek to do us harm know this. If you harm an American, we will respond. Uh, The fascinating thing about our response uh, has been that it was uh, a delayed response by a number of days. Uh, In fact, uh, the United States informed Iraq ahead of strikes on Friday against the three militant sites in the country, uh, just minutes after Iraq's military condemned them as a violation of Iraqi sovereignty. Uh, White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters, we did inform the Iraqi government prior to the strikes. Uh, Kirby said that over 80 strikes were carried out by U.S. forces at seven facilities, three in Iraq and four in Syria. Where I guess this uh, becomes uh, controversial is, uh, first of all, uh, the delay that was involved there. Uh, uh, Catherine Hentridge, uh, the reporter, uh, reported that uh, the uh, main Iran- Iranian Republican Guard Corps unit commander in the region was given more than enough time to leave uh, his position in, uh, in Iraq and uh, to safely head away uh, back to Iran. So uh, the interesting thing is uh, some of these uh, militant sites have been struck, Uh, critics of the administration's uh, response to this, first of all, say that Iran is the one that is behind all of this, Iran gives the go-ahead, and yet uh, our uh, U.S. uh, foreign policy seems to have a commitment to trying to uh, win Iran over to the tune of giving them $6 billion for the exchange of hostages, uh, easing sanctions against their oil imports, and so on. Uh, In fact, the $6 billion uh, released for the hostages happened uh, just uh, about a month before the October 7th attacks uh, on Israel. So uh, the criticism that's involved with all of this is if you're going to make Iran pay for its military adventurism in the region, uh, you attack things like Iranian uh, oil facilities that is really going to have a dent on them. You attack uh, Iranian Republican Guard Corps uh key strategists and key personnel as israel is want to do um you know essentially uh some people on uh, the x platform uh have uh made statements like we are now at war with uh, lots of question uh, uh, exclamation Excellent. marks and so on uh i respond to that "Say no we're not at war we are at gesture at this point mm. um because uh, these uh, Uh, amazing people who laid down their life uh, for their country have uh, been returned to the United States today. Uh, There had to have been some kind of military gesture to go along with all of this. Now, whether we're proven wrong here that these waves of attacks, as they are described by our administration, end up doing some serious uh, economic, uh, military, or commercial damage to the Mad Mullahs, in Tehran remains to be seen. I would say the odds of that are slim and none. It does appear that our administration is carrying on the previous uh, administration that is hopscotching beyond the Trump administration, back to the the Obama administration's policies, of saying that if we strengthen Iran, that is the best way to bring total peace to the region. Well, it would bring total peace to the region if we strengthen Iran and they wipe out Israel altogether and you have Uh, from the river to the sea, uh, Palestine being free of Jews. There would be no more warfare going on there, at least until uh, the restive factions of Islam decided to fight with each other. Uh, So uh, the fact of the matter is uh, we'll see exactly how far this sort of thing goes. I would bet you dimes to donut holes. It's not going to go very much farther than attacking, say, some missile emplacements and things along this line of uh, various uh, Iranian-backed militias, but without doing any damage to Iran or to the Iranian Republican uh, Guard Corps uh, commanders and the people that are pulling the strings there, which is very, very sad. Uh, as far as Israel is concerned, uh, you know, there was a very fascinating post uh, that uh, ran uh, on, uh, on uh, the uh, uh, Twitter site uh, or I should say on uh, the Telegram site. It was also uh, one that was uh, posted on uh, Twitter. And uh, it was a tweet that was uh, put up by a uh, Israeli journalist, journalist, Hillel Fold. Uh, it said this, and I think it sums up the situation very, very well. Uh, he said this, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The West needs to stop thinking that its core values are in line with radical Islam. <laughs> Uh, You see, in the civilized world, we have some core beliefs. For instance, if you treat someone with respect and dignity, they will reciprocate. The thing is, radical Islam does not share that value. You can treat a radical Islamist with all the dignity in the world, but you're still an infidel, and they want you dead, irrelevant of how you treat them. Or dimitit. The West needs to understand that radical Islam's war is not about land, human rights, or anything other than a religious ideological war. On everything we believe in we like to give them fancy names like Hamas Hezbollah Houthis ISIS Islamic Jihad etc you can call them whatever you want it's all the same garbage you can march for them day and night but don't kid yourself to think that you have that if they have a chance to bring October 7th to a theater near you that they'd hesitate for a second they wouldn't hesitate for a second and if Israel doesn't defeat Hamas in this war they won't Uh, the West is next the thing is, it's not politically correct to say it, but radical Islam is a global plague. This isn't about Israel. This isn't about land. This isn't about a state. This is about dead Jews and the defeat of the West. Another example, which took me years to internalize, is that in the West we have morals. We have ethics. We have red lines we would never cross. There are some things that, we, that are never okay. That is not the case for radical Islam. It's time we internalize this. For them, rape is okay, pedophilia is okay, mutilating bodies is okay, burning families is okay, decapitating babies is okay. They have no red lines. The most tragic part of it all is the indoctrination of children who are taught to murder infidel from age zero. You cannot make peace with an ideology that believes you do not have a right to exist. It's really time the West understands that taking their values and applying them to the world of radical Islam is both ridiculous and dangerous. Just like no moral person thought that making peace with the Nazis was a good idea. Just like everyone understood that Germany had to be de-Nazified, even if that entailed many innocent lives lost, the same is true for societies run by radical Islam. There is no fixing them. It is ingrained from them before they can talk. It is time we stopped speaking our language and started speaking theirs. That is the only way we can effectively battle the plague of radical Islam that is slowly destroying us from the inside. And the rest, as they say, is history. Mm -hmm. You wonder why I'm reading up on it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so again, uh, just remember, this is not about territory. This is not about a Palestinian state. This is about... Individuals who believe in a worldwide caliphate as yeah. uh, described in the Quran and the Hadiths uh, as modeled uh, by Muhammad. Uh, they take his example very, very literally and very, very seriously. Yeah. And if you think anything else or anything less, you're kidding yourself. Yeah. So, that are there Muslims that don't know anything about their religion or take it seriously? Same for Christians.
2: But here's the problem right. they'll be just as much a target of the people who
1: take Islam seriously as the infidel because Mm -hmm. they're under the death penalty of being hypocrites. Mm. Yeah, And, you know, again, if you're talking about a billion with a B, Muslims in the world, 1.6 billion. uh, They say, what, 10% of uh, Muslims are what we would call radical, radicalized Muslims, jihadists. More like 40. Well, that uh, still leaves you with, uh, with, what, uh, hundreds of thousands? Yeah of individuals who are willing to do whatever is necessary, including terrorism, to further their aims. So we need to understand that. And you
2: ask pointed questions to the Islamic community and say, do you think that extermination of the Hebrew people is justified? They would say, absolutely. Do you think that the rights afforded to women in the West is in fact the model of a just society? They would disagree. You think that, oh, well, spousal abuse and marital assault is in fact a crime, they would disagree. Why? Because it's all set in their basis with Muhammad. They can't condemn him. Mm. And so they have to
1: justify some of the most atrocious things imaginable. Right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I would just uh, wrap this up, I think, with an encouraging note. These are the words of our friend Amir Safadi, who is a former IDF uh, officer who lives in Israel. We quote him quite a bit. If you're not following him on, his uh, telegram platform, you need to, just great, great up-to-the-minute updates you get from Amir, and uh, just a really neat uh, brother in the Lord, Uh, his books, uh, Revealing Revelation, Discovering Daniel, really, really well done, I'd highly recommend uh, getting a hold of those and supporting him uh, in his ministry, but he writes this, dark days are ahead of us, strength can never be found in us, but in him that is in us, wisdom isn't about us, but it's his spirit that is in us, Knowledge and understanding can only come from his word. Israel is merely a mirror of the state of the whole world. When the enemy attacks us like crazy, it's an attack on all that is of God and is from God. The more difficult things get, the more determined I am to wave at the enemy and his minions in this world that Israel is God's creation for a reason and for a season. What season? As long as the sun and the moon and stars are there. Israel has a hope and a future. Neither Hamas nor Hezbollah nor the Houthis or their master, the Ayatollahs, will be able to stand in the way of God to fulfill his plans as foretold by him through the prophets. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of all, our Lord will name. That's Isaiah 62, verses mm. 1 through 2. Amen. That is encouraging.
0: Thank you for Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, the
1: the, the uh, mad mullahs in Tehran and their allies and Hamas and others uh, believe they can wipe out Israel. God says no.
0: You're right. Yeah. Issue and he, settled. And he gets final say. Issue settled. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, thank you for
2: that. No. Promise not afforded to us. Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, uh, we've got plenty of time left on our show. Send in your questions. We'd love to tackle them today. We have a question, actually, a couple of people from Phil and Dave Mm -hmm. asked about uh, Alistair Begg. Would you care to weigh in on the Alistair Begg controversy, controversy, Um, as we say in England? Yeah,
1: yeah, let me. me We're actually surprised that it's taken this long. (laughs) Yeah, I know you mentioned it a few days ago. (laughs) Yeah, let me uh, sum up, if you will, uh, what this is all about. And uh, I'll quote a source that I, generally speaking, don't recommend. Uh, as far as giving a uh, fair shake to evangelical Bible-believing Christians. Unfortunately, it's called Christianity Today these days. Uh, gone very, very much to the left in terms of their uh, editorial policies. But uh, summing up, what got Alister Begg into a big-time trouble? If you've been under a rock, you haven't heard about all of this. Alistair Begg, hope of, uh, a, a host of a program called Truth for Life, uh, very well-known, very beloved uh, Bible teacher from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, nationwide radio broadcast, spoken here in Tucson and a number of pastors' conferences we've attended down through time. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed his quote saying that if a man has cheated golf, has cheated anything, don't trust him. But uh, anyway, that's, <laughs> that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Alistair Begg uh, was promoting, uh, in the business of promoting, a uh, book of his uh, that was uh, coming out uh and uh, during an interview uh beg recounted and this is from christianity today recounted talking to a woman whose grandchild was getting married to someone who was transgender beg who has a long uh unequivocal track record of opposing same-sex weddings suggested she go to the wedding and bring a gift by doing so she would show her love for her grandchild even though she did not approve of the wedding Here's his quote, your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence will simply reinforce the fact. They said, these people are what I always thought, judgmental, critical, unprepared to countenance, anything. Uh, he added that Christians would have to take risks in order to show love to those around him. Uh, Christianity Today's comment, begs comment, set off a firestorm among some of his fans and supporters, among those in conservative, Calvinist, and other evangelical communities. Uh, well, uh, again, I don't know what skin color has about this. White evangelicals remain one of the least likely of all U.S. religious groups to support same-sex marriage. Uh, Christianity today had to throw that in, mm-hmm. the little color stop there. And so, just to
2: note a com- point of comparison we've dealt with on the broadcast before my, um, child is going to a same-sex wedding we've answered with this and you can correct me if I'm uh, pulling Alistair Begg here there's four ways to go about this we didn't say what to do but what to think through the first is to understand the perception of yourself and those around you in a yes or no scenario so a yes or no in a no and a yes or no in a yes what will ultimately result? Well, only one out of the four ends up properly demonstrating Christianity. So 75% against, that's generally not what we recommend. But the statement essentially comes down to, and you can listen to our previous broadcast and questions of the week that summarize this, but it's what? Firstly, if I am in solidarity and support of this, I'm in conflict with or misrepresenting Christ. So I go and say yes in affirmation of, I'm perceived as supporting this. Or I do go, but I clarify I'm not in support of this, which is, of course, just being disruptive or would be discouraging to your loved one, not going to build bridges. The second option is that you don't go, but note that I still love you, which again would go against some of these uh, issues and then you don't go and say i don't support this which cuts them out of your life now we would note that the third option as long as it's carefully and graciously communicated it won't be received as such but would be the best case scenario you don't go but you still let them know that you love them Mm -hmm. not their actions but them personally such a thing is possible that would be the best option but noting all of those options understand how Either God's word gets misrepresented, they end up misunderstanding you, or things are read and attributed to you that aren't healthy. What Alistair Begg said was essentially to say the second option, to go and to make sure that you clarify that you affirm and love them in their decision and ultimately the reason why people are calling him out for this. And this is the issue. Not that he has a controversial position, but that when people were trying to call him out on the carpet and noting, you know, 1 Corinthians 6 is still in the Bible, you know? When people were asking him, why are you in conflict with God's word on this issue? Are you putting them in a situation where they would misrepresent the word of God that we're supposed to model to non-believers who are going to do what non-believers do? That's important to note as well. His double down was saying, and this is where the controversy comes in, I don't take back what I said, and I need no repentance and that's the issue so when you're corrected on an area regardless of whether or not it's controversial and you double down that eliminates the grace possibility and saying either a i misspoke i was misunderstood no saying i was absolutely right and nothing you can say can dissuade me from my position well that makes you not just taking a side because the hedonists aren't going to take you in but it also dissuades you from those who are taking the bible seriously which alistair Begg was up until this point point. and whether it's just one issue among many or not that's the real issue in this controversy if you're corrected and they are doing so on biblical grounds then that's the ultimate test of character now, regardless of whether or not we stand or fall to our master or not, the reason why we're calling each other out and lifting each other up to teach no other doctrine but what was given to you, a la 1 Timothy 1, that's the problem. And the reason why this is so controversial, if you have follow-up questions about whether or not hedonistic relationships and all this and that are valid or how we should respond to them, it's another issue. But when it comes to the name Alistair Begg, the only reason it's controversial is because he's not receiving correction. Not that Christians can't misspeak, not that respected Bible teachers... Can't make a mistake or have a bad position on something. But the reason why he's still in the news is because he's doubling down rather than receiving correction from
1: people who love him and want to see him restored. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess the, you know, people have have asked on our Twitter feed, you know, what our take is on this. Uh, I just think it really comes down to two key principles and what does this mean for us as believers in Christ? Uh, In uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4, we are told marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Now what this passage in Hebrews is telling us is that marriage is not a human institution, not that it doesn't involve human beings, but it is the first and uh, most powerful and profound gift that God gave to man before the fall. Uh, God was the one who who created Eve from Adam's rib, brought the woman to the man, presided over the same marriage. Jesus himself, in the book of Matthew chapter 19, uh, when asked about divorce, uh, said, Have you not read that from the beginning he who made them made them male and female? Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. What God has joined together, therefore let not man separate. So what Jesus was emphasizing here is that from the very beginning, God designed marriage and defined marriage as one man, one woman committed together for life, Uh, that there are really three parts of a marriage, a man and a woman, and God, who through his spirit makes the two one flesh. That's the essence of it. It's not just a a social contract. It's not just something that's good because it provides stability in a uh, a, a society. It is an an, an intrinsically and inescapably spiritual arrangement. And uh, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 goes on and says that when a husband and wife come together They are modeling to the world an invisible reality in two fronts. First of all, uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, we are told that wives are to submit to their own husbands as unto the Lord. Uh, In other words, when I do a wedding ceremony, one of the things I'll say to a Christian couple is this, especially to the woman, I would say, if the world wants to find out how the church lovingly submits to Jesus' spiritual leadership, they should be able to find out by observing your loving submission to your husband's spiritual leadership in, in your home. In the same way, in that same passage, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. When he gave himself for her, they might present her to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing uh the the responsibility of a husband is to love his wife in a self-sacrificing way and i'll say to the the husband uh, making the vows if the world wants to find out how jesus unconditionally and sacrificially loves his people they should be able to find out by seeing your unconditional and sacrificial love for your wife that's what the picture is now when we redefine marriage in a different way we've distorted that picture and uh, when uh, the, the writer of Hebrews says we distort it in one of two ways, either through fornication, that is having sex before marriage without that commitment, or adultery, having sex with someone outside of that one man, one woman committed together for life uh, situation, God takes notice. It says that he will judge. And so God takes this very, very seriously. It's not our thing we're talking about here. It's how God looks at it that is so important. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to uh, what Alistair Begg said, you know, I mean, he kind of did the folksy thing and I was wearing my grandfatherly hat and talking to this grandma and saying, well, what should I do? And I wanted to err on the side of compassion and so forth. But, uh, you know, I think there's a great quote uh, on the gotquestions.com uh, website, a really great website if you've never uh, checked it out, it's gotquestions.org. Uh, But uh, look up their answer on gay marriage in general. How should a Christian feel about this? But I love this paragraph. It says, suppose a Christian could attend a gay wedding and somehow communicate clearly that he is supporting only the individuals getting married and not their lifestyle, which seems to be Alistair Begg's position. The individuals he is supporting are still holding an event which celebrates their immorality. There is no way around the fact that a gay wedding ceremony or a marriage of a man with a transvestite uh, is a celebration of sin. We support an alcoholic friend by helping him refrain from drinking, not by going to a bar with him. We support a friend addicted to pornography by making him accountable and getting him help, not enabling him to hide his addiction. In the same way, we support a homosexual friend by helping her out of the lifestyle, not by signing a guest book at a celebration of homosexuality. We do not truly help our friends by attending an event where their sin is applauded. Mm. And you'll notice at every wedding, I've never been to a wedding where it doesn't happen. When the, the officiant as it says, uh, I now pronounce you husband and wife, uh, you may kiss your bride, they kiss the bride, they're introduced, what happens? Yeah. Applause. Right. Why? Because you, as you attend a wedding, and you need to understand this, are bearing witness to this wedding. What you're saying by your attending there is, I support this. I stand with this. I am with you in this. It is not just, well, I am personally and morally opposed to everything that's going on here, but I'll be here because I'm such a nice person. Yeah, You know, I don't want you to think bad of me. Right. Uh, You know, I'll even give you a wedding gift, you know, and Ballester Begg suggests giving them a Bible. Well that would be almost like, say, someone who was, uh, say, totally in favor of gay marriage and found Christian definitions of marriage completely reprehensible, going to a Christian couple's wedding and uh, giving them as a gift maybe some gay pornography. Hmm. It would be just as offensive, you know, in the long run. The one thing I've discovered over the years is that, you know, we should not as believers in Christ, set up unnecessary barriers uh, and boundaries between a, believer, uh, between a non-believer and coming to know the love of Jesus Christ. We yeah. should, insofar as we can, reach out to them and let them see within us and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That should be our job one. We have to be very careful, though, in our enthusiasm and our desire and our love for the people that maybe are on the outside looking in a relationship with God to think that somehow by setting aside our standards we're going to win them over right um you know when i was in uh, at the u of a uh they had a celebration for our fraternity's i don't know 50th anniversary or something like that and uh uh the uh president of our house decided to invite a local clergyman from a very left-leaning church to come and present a benediction at this particular gathering well the the main uh, display thing of this gathering was a pornographic cake, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, I walked down and looked at that, and you know, as a believer and wanting to reach guys in the house and got a Bible study going, I just, oh my gosh, look at this! But the thing that really bothered me was the clergyman looked at the pornographic cake and said, "Oh, isn't that isn't that just you know, wonderful? Youth is so great, and oh, you know," and it, and he was so uh, trying to schmooze up. Yeah. to these people that were completely rejecting anything that had to do with Christianity. Yeah. I just remember uh, the guys who went to the Bible study that I'd gotten going, they were taken aback. And even the non believers were kind of laughing at this guy because he mm. just came across as, uh, you know, a condescending sort of doofus. Yeah, just you know, compromised. You're a, you're a pastor. You weren't a, you know, I mean, he was wearing this pink outfit with the collar and all this stuff. You're a pastor. How can you be looking at that and saying that's okay? Yeah. Even non believers knew that. Yeah. So we have to be very careful that we uh, love people or are on the outside looking in relationship with God, but love them enough to tell them the truth. And, you know, the thing that, just even looking back at my non-Christian background, if a, uh, a Christian would try to say, oh, well, I think the same thing that you do. You know, oh, yeah, I think that too. You know, I'd look at them and I'd go, no, you don't. Mm. You know, and I knew they were just trying to, get on my good side or you know to to avoid an argument or things like and I had no respect for that yeah I had more respect for someone who would honestly tell me that if you don't believe there's a God someday you're going to meet him mm. I had more respect for that because right. at least they were telling me their truth from the heart yeah Than somebody that was just trying to kiss up to me yeah and uh, and so for those reasons um, you know I you know everybody uh, I guess to use the golf term gets a Mulligan sometimes I hope Alistair beg will back off and realize that he just hit one into the out of bounds and, yeah and but uh, kind of the doubling down is the troubling part right I've got nothing to repent of yeah you yeah. know and 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 you know really okay we can debate this issue but don't you think uh, that creating this kind of a stir and controversy for really no good reason among the body of Christ is something that you might want to say, I could have done that better. Right. You know, I could have phrased this in a different way. You mm-hmm. um, rather than say, well, look at all my track record and you know where I stand in all this, but I'm not backing off on this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So as right. a pastor, if I preach a sermon and I have preached sermons that have led people more confused than clarified on the word, I need to repent of that. Mm. I need to do a better job you know and and i think the the people be endlessly forgiving if people are just honest enough to say yeah i I blew it i could have done better right but just say you know how dare you question the great and powerful oz you know i and believe me i'm speaking firsthand it's really really hard as a pastor when someone comes up and says you know what you said here in the word i just don't see where it lines up here yeah you know look at that and go Oh, wow, you got a point, <laughs> yeah, and that's, R- rather th- than, than just go into the, you know, shuffling and double speaking and you, I, when did you go to seminary kind of thing. Yeah. Well,
2: and that's the difference. If someone were to come up and say, well, you know, Muslims are really offended when you said that Jesus died for our sins. They don't think that Jesus died. Look at Sir one, uh, 4157. I would go, to quote uh, Tommy Leaf and The Fugitive, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But if, on the other hand, they caught a legitimate biblical case, we're under that authority. And that's the issue. This doesn't seem to be the problem that he wanted to more appeal to culture, which hopefully changes.
0: Yeah. yeah. So where do we, um, you know, draw the line with, uh, I'm mindful of a couple of friends of mine, people I know that have boycotted like places like Target, the store Target, because they support LGBTQ so much, Now I'm not gonna shop there anymore. And putting children in vulnerable positions. Yeah. yeah, like where, I mean, where do we do, is that the? Is that how we wanna live out a life? We wanna just find out anyone that's in support of that and cut that off? Do we still go to those places to be a light? Like how? So should Christians boycott is the question. Yeah.
2: You have to be consistent with that, and where does it end? Right. Because there's, you know, oil companies that fund Sharia compliance and the spreading of Muslim propaganda. There's, you know, the computers that we're using that are associated with lgbt and hedonist stuff so yeah. you have to be consistent is what's ultimately the line and if i'm going to say i don't support this because of this then you have to plug that equation with everything else and pretty soon you have to convert to you know puritanism or something in the woods yeah. so uh, but that though those trees were planted by people who probably have a parks <laughs> and, you, you get the issue it well creation
0: I, is fallen so i'm <laughs> there's the, no way to hide
2: yeah. that's my standard the key is consistency if yeah. you use a product it's because it's a good product if targets where you want to shop well, understand that there probably are better places to shop, but it's better to be proactive and positive than avoiding things. Because once again, if you're consistent with the positive and say, I want to support that organization because it's good. You can be very consistent with that. Or I just go there because it's close. You can be consistent with that. And like the Romans 13 issue of someone judging their brother for something that isn't really that much of a big deal. You say, you go to Target, do you know what they support? that's not
1: a conversation worth having but you know what yeah you know, don't disobey your own conscience yeah yeah um uh, you know follow through on that if, if that's your your uh, deeply held belief then fantastic and you know know why you're doing it and, and 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 what you're doing uh i i think uh you know whatever your hand finds to do do it heartily as unto the lord yeah. uh you know if you're gonna make decisions about where you're going to shop or who you're going to support or You're going to patronize, great, you know. But uh, you know, let these things come in, and you know, if you see something where an organization is supporting things, or like say, in the case of Chick Fil A, Mm -hmm. uh, cutting off the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Salvation Army at the knees because they took a traditional view of gay of uh, of uh, marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there was a time where Sean, you and I would go out of our way. Uh, to go to Chick Fil A because they did take a stand for traditional marriage. Notice yep. the position because of a positive stance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we would go out of our way to to patronize that and support it because you know hey you know let's you know all these people are going to be talking about boycotting let's support support, them. support it hey, and have yeah. a chicken sandwich, but <laughs> you know what um, God bless you. <laughs> when we found out that you know here we made this principled stand and went there every week, and then we found out oh wait a minute. There's new management here, and they've tossed FCA out on its. I got saved through FCA for goodness' sake. Yeah. So you know, to me, positive uh, statement. There's the there's other places I can go, aside from Chick Fil A, yep, uh, to eat and feel better about it. Right. Do I recommend everyone boycott Chick Fil A? No, but my own personal conviction in this matter just yep. says I'm gonna just drive down the block and go to In and Out. At least yeah. they put John three sixteen on the bottom of their cups. That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. note positive per, uh, public statement was the reason we went. They
2: no longer make said positive public statement. We no longer go. Yeah. We're not boycotting because they say this. We negative. It's they did this positive. No more. Yep. Yeah. we're yeah. trying to be consistent.
0: Yeah, and I like that what you said being you know true to our convictions. Are we doing it in love? Are we doing it in faith? Or is it out of pride or something like that? Or our tribe. Or our tribe, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, just pray about it and ask Jesus what he wants you
0: to do. Yeah yeah pretty simple yeah.
1: <laughs> <It> <laughs> kind She's of a, solves a lot of these things just answer <laughs> yeah that could be yeah. your, your yeah. answer yeah
0: i'll do the show by myself and just answer that every question <laughs> there, there why don't you pray go. about it and ask jesus what to do next a okay. uh, question from bob came in through our email address questions for hope gmail.com uh bob asks what is some uh, some biblical guidance for boundaries in relationships how do we decide when to separate ourselves from others or continue to pursue unity how do we let God guide in that and not our own pride and insecurities? Well, like with the Alistair Begg issue, if they're seeking
2: reconciliation then pursue it. If they refuse reconciliation, then allow them the separation, like the whole Matthew eighteen principle. If they have if there is an issue with them seek it out with them alone. If they won't hear you, just want nothing to do with the issue at large, then bring a witness, one or two, because noting the Old Testament, believe it or not, from the mouths of two or three witnesses, everything should be confirmed. This is considered and being treated like a legal issue now. And then if they still won't hear you, bring it before the church. And if they still won't hear you, then to them, let be a Let them be treated as a heathen or a tax collector, the kind of person you don't associate with. Now, this isn't to be confused with, but Jesus forgave the sinners and tax collectors. Not the point. When we're talking to people about problems that we have with them, our default and first step should always be, how do I fix this? And if they don't want to fix this, then you say, but I want to fix this, and God should be calling us to fix this. Mm-hmm. Meet on that common ground with people whose walks with God you both would respect. If they still don't seek that reconciliation, then remind them, inform them in the presence of those who they—their community. This is an issue that we want to resolve. Yeah. Why is the we the iffy part here? that's when you understand that this is an issue of a hard heart and not yours because note on the other stat what's the one obstacle that keeps us from wanting to address a person and say you know we really got a problem here you have a personal experience with that don't you Uh Um, regarding uh, basketball
1: Basketball? <laughs>
2: You'll probably catch on oh, in a moment. I can tell story. the story. The guy that was throwing elbows. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> what's gotcha. the oh, one oh, obstacle yeah. between? Years us. ago, Scott yeah. was the- <laughs> Yeah. What's the oh. one obstacle between us? And when you seek reconciliation with people, it's our pride—the same kind of pride that would be at work in them not wanting to receive reconciliation. Just make sure that's not
1: working both ways. That's the key. No yeah, and the, the, the basketball story. I was playing basketball at Calvary Costa Mesa when I was there. I had this wonderful gym and. Uh, There was a new guy there who was, like, throwing elbows and talking smack. And I was trying to guard him, and he was raining down three-pointers on me, which I didn't appreciate either. (laughs) But uh, just really kind of a bad attitude kind of a guy. And finally, I was just so frustrated. I just uh, stomped off the court talking to this other guy going, I don't know who that guy is, but, you know, I come out here for fellowship and, you know, play a good game. And, you know, this guy's just mouthing off and, you know, you know, playing you know,
0: stuff. <laughs> He's better than me. And and, and this other guy's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you know, that's not, well, this guy who oversaw, his name is Gerald. Uh, Gerald's about like 6'8", so he definitely gets your attention. Uh, you know, he goes, hey, what's going on? And I said, oh, Gerald, you know, this guy. And I told him the whole thing. And he goes, huh, well, maybe we should go over and talk to him. <laughs> now, I knew I'd been caught... Knee deep in my own flesh, because the last thing in the world I'd wanted to do yep. was go talk to yeah. this guy. Don't interrupt I'd, my gusset. i <laughs> <with, laughs> just I'd worked up a froth of righteous indignation, and mm-hmm. but I knew he was right. You know, I, I knew that that was the right thing to do. So, oh, all right, I'll go ahead and do it. And I, you know, said, hey, you know, in the game, you know, you were doing, you know, he said this and all this, stuff. and I firmly, I fully expected this guy, based on the way he was playing, to say, you want to take it out back and we'll settle this. I thought, you know. Uh, but then he just kind of looked down and he goes, oh, man. He goes, I'm so sorry. He goes, I, you know, I, I just, I became a Christian just a couple of years ago. And, you know, this is kind of the way I grew up. And I just, I fall back into my old stuff and I just don't even realize I'm doing it. And and I, he goes, I just hope you'll really forgive me. And me and the other guy were <laughs> grousing about him, kind of looked at each other. Well, you know. Uh, Of course, we'll forget. He goes, would you pray for me? And Charles says, let's pray. And well, it turned out this guy ended up becoming a really good friend and he's now a Calvary pastor today. Mm. But I didn't want to go talk to him. I just wanted to walk away thinking, man, sometimes even at churches, you run into church, man. Jerks are the problem in the world today. And I'm glad I'm not a jerk because I'm better than he is. <laughs> you know, and
2: down you go. So that's the red flag, your attitude towards reconciliation and restoration. Yep. If, yeah. if that's the issue, then your pride isn't going to get involved. If that is the issue, that's where pride's wearing its ugly head. That's our advice. Yeah. 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 And, and,
1: and I mean, just Jesus' famous answer to Peter's question, my brother sins against me and asks me to forgive him. How many times should I do it? Up to seven times. Well, Peter was thinking he was being hyper-ultra-spiritual because in in the book of Amos, there's a a repeating uh, uh, cadence about uh, up to three times and all of this stuff. So the Jews believed that if you forgave someone three times, you're off the hook. For uh, the same fault in the same Uh, way. That's that's all you had to worry about. Uh, So Peter's doubled it. Right? Right. And added one on top of it. Some people even believe that, you know, he's throwing in David's restoration deal with Nathan and all that other stuff, it's another whole story. So he's thinking he's being hyper-spiritual and Jesus looked at him and says, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven, you know? And and so some people will take that and they'll go, well, that's 490 and this person's just bugged me. I think I'm probably at 332. So I'm probably about, you know, I'm getting close. No, that's not what he's saying. Yeah. What he's saying is just an infinite amount. Why? Because we've been forgiven an infinite amount. Yeah. And Jesus follows up by talking about the kingdom of heaven being like a king that settled accounts. And guy owed him 10,000 talents. I mean, this is like almost a million dollars in that day and age. Wow, and, and he was not able to pay. Uh, you know, his master commanded he be sold, his wife and his children, all that he had, and that payment be made. And he fell down. He said, Master, have patience with me. I'll repay you all. The master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Denarius is a day's wage. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he would not. But he went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. These are the debtor's prisons of those days. So when his fellow servants heard what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then uh, his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just because I had pity on you? And the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you does not from the heart forgive his brother's trespasses so does that mean that we're saved by forgiving people no. no but if you have been forgiven if god has shed his grace on the uh the best way to say thank you for all that is by being gracious in fact i think if you really understand uh the price jesus paid on the cross to die for our sins um chances are the next time someone really sticks it to you, you're gonna go yeah lord but i really stuck it to you you know um You've forgiven me for so much. I'm going to let you handle that person. Yeah. One judge of all the earth were not him. Yeah. So remember that and behave yeah. accordingly. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a helpful attitude.
0: We have a couple of questions or entertainment related. Maybe we can yeah, kill two birds they're with they're one stone. Yeah. Um, question from Yari about the Sound of Freedom movie, and then a question from. Color Outside the Lines is the name about the Chosen series. So maybe you guys can comment on that. The Sound of Freedom movie and I'm Chosen. the one in the room. Um, the Sound of Freedom is
2: based on a true story and it is a real life issue addressing uh, children's sex trafficking. Um, now obviously the individual who showcased the movie played by Jim Caviezel in real life, uh, I think the movie sort of could have played more into the role that his wife played. In motivating him to do those things it is mentioned but the movie is for the most part almost shot for shot as to what they go through Mm. not just the kids but the people trying to save them and of course the political tape put in their way it's also very amusing that a lot of hollywood producers and politicians were very against the production of that movie as if that is a surprise to anybody probably standing in the way of their hobbies but the point being made is this um you look into the life of the individual that movie's about He is a flaming Mormon. I mean, to the point where even Brigham Young would think this guy's weird. So when it comes to what he's doing and then the kind of theology that he espouses, understand he is doing a very good thing but that doesn't mean that he has got all of his P's and Q's together with the Lord. So when it comes to the movie, just understand the focus of the movie, the point of the movie, to make awareness of a real reality, and you'll be fine. As far as the Chosen
1: series, uh, we address it pretty much every other week. Um, We don't, uh, obviously... Maybe the easiest way to sum it up is uh, it takes great dramatic license with the story of Christ. That's kind of the biggie, like, for instance, Matthew is portrayed as being on the uh, Asperger's spectrum you know well Well, you know there's no evidence for that there's some statements and some incidents like where Jesus is kind of uh, bouncing off his disciples the content of the Sermon on the Mount that people will find a little distressing but if you look at it as entertainment you know are there worse things to watch Probably. Yeah. <laughs> a better
2: thing I'd recommend watching is the Stranger series by Jefferson Moore and Kelly's Filmworks. a phenomenal portrayal of Jesus taken straight of the Gospels, but put in modern day. The Chosen definitely got the wardrobes right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. take it with a big so, pinch of salt. So yeah, yeah. You
1: have,
0: you have your discernimeter handy, but yeah. watch away. And I then spend some want. time reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that would be Not good. Not instead of. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. See you on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you guys.